You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside my co-host, Jacob, from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. Jacob has uh, moved hell and half of Georgia to make it on tonight, and I just want to say I appreciate you, buddy. How you doing? It's been a busy day, but I'm here. There you go. All right. Man, a few words. Uh, I want to give a shout out to everybody in the chat here. We've got John Benson in the house, Vertical, Eric Sutherland, Zane Strong, Chad Inc. Uh, let's see, Josh Martin. Got a packed house tonight, Jacob. Look at this, man. Look at this. Dakota in the house, Cheesehead Murph. And uh, yeah, let's do this. Let's hit. Let's hit the uh, the super chats right off the bat. Appreciate you guys supporting the stream. Let's go to John Benson. He said, "Savage, the truth or fluke." Love this effing pod, by the way. Hey, man, we we appreciate that, John. Thank you so much, dude. And uh, I guess that's a good question, Jacob. Are you feeling better about Savage yet? How do you feel about Darnell Savage, man? I'm uh, I'm starting to lean that way for sure. I think he showed out quite quite a bit well last week, and I love the way that he's been interviewing lately. He just seems like he's more confident. I know that Jay, they talked about that they were trying to scheme up ways for him to just kind of come downhill and make plays, and that that kind of suits his game a little better. So I, I am excited. I'm hesitantly excited because it's the Bears. I keep saying it. It's the Bears. Yeah, great point. Um, for me, you guys know I'm hesitant. Um, you know, if you'd asked me two years ago, I'd be like, heck yeah, dude, with a name like Savage, and he's playing lights out. You know, PFF grades in the upper 70s, dude looking good. You could see it on tape, everything, all the dots connected. But these last couple of years, man, 
been hot doo-doo. No two ways about it. But uh, I'll tell you, man, last week was a step in the right direction. And, and the other thing, too, I always have to put myself into check because, you know, you guys know how I felt about Savage last year. Going into last year, all I said was, man, hey, look, I hope he turns it around. I want to root for him. We know he's got all the physical talent in the world. It's just between the years and being in the right place at the right time, being able to finish tackles, things like that. You know, and that comes down to fundamentals, uh, being where your feet are and just just rising to the occasion. You know, um, now the thing that I have to put myself in check about is I darn sure don't know more about football player evaluation than Brian Gutekunst. Right. Not even close. And this guy was willing to invest almost eight million dollars into him with that fifth year option. I mean, that says a whole lot. You could have got two decent free agents for four million each. You know, that would have I guarantee you would have graded out better than Darnell Savage from PFF standpoint. And I always got to say, guys. When you hear me talk about PFF, it's one reference, right? And and I don't ever want you guys to think that I treat it like the gospel. It's just another tool we have in the bag for evaluating players, right? And I know some people feel like, oh, no, it's the most accurate evaluation. Others feel like it's the stupidest thing known to man. Uh, some of that comes because Chris Collinsworth bought him, and a lot of people hate Chris Collinsworth. I personally like Chris Collinsworth. I think he's done a lot. I mean, he's one of he's on the top fifty list for Cincinnati Bengals, right? I know Jacob doesn't like him. <laughs> hey, probably Google, group, Google Chris Collinsworth or YouTube it, whatever. Don't wow. you do it, Jacob? Don't you do it? It was a different time, Jacob. Don't you do you it? You know what I'm saying? In the '80s, when he's like on that game show, oh, it's bad. Dude. Yeah, it's it real is bad. It is. Bad. But uh, yeah, so. You know, I don't know. I, I think he knows football. I think he gets paid a top five salary of people that have been on TV talking football. Um, so uh, I kind of trust his judgment and buying into the company. And nine times out of ten, just being honest, I watch the tape. I look at the PFF grades. I see the correlation. Not exactly, but I'm like, okay, I see how they come with that grade. Uh, you know, I heard Michael Lombardi talking about him the other day, and and he was kind of – it was like he was he was openly bashing PFF – but the whole time I'm going, I don't think he understands what PFF is because he was basically saying that that Jordan Love's grade didn't match up to his performance. And I watched the tape and was like, I've seen that 100%. Like it to me, he looked inconsistent in PFF. That's what they grade is consistency, right? Um, and then on the other side, he said, you know, Justin Fields. I mean, Justin Fields had a, a PFF grade of this, and Jordan Love was this. You're telling me that those are graded out the same? I'm going, they're not even close to being the same. Like, what's interesting is I listened to. Uh, I think it was the, yeah, it was their own podcast that they do with Sam Monson. I love that guy too. Um, and he was breaking it down and he said, oh, we got all these emails about how can this be that Jordan Love with that stat line, with Justin Fields at that stat line, how they were even comparable, which they basically had almost an identical grade. And he went on to say that that's not how we grade things. On every single play, they get like a half point or a full point or however they do in these situations. And that Justin Fields, even though, a play may have ended up with him throwing uh, an incomplete ball. He may have made some three or four crazy moves that defy logic, that just reason as to why that that play got graded a certain way. And there's certain plays where if Jordan Love, like they said that one of those that really tacked him down was going to be that that play where he almost snapped and then rolled around, chucked a really underthrown ball to Musgrave, who had to then trip over himself to make the catch. Now, we, we look at it as, that, as like a 30, what was it, 30, 40-yard gain. So it's going to help his EPA or whatever it is, but it's not going to do much for actually what what that play was drawn up to look like did not come out that way, right? So he's going to get right. dinged pretty major on that. And they did say that he had maybe about um, 
I don't think they were turnover worthy plays, but they were like, I can't remember the way they worded it, but there were some, there were some kind of ugly. They, at one point, I think he was seven of 17. And after that, he kind of just did. But what we know about Jordan Love this year is that the guy just kind of seems to slowly heat up as the game gets going. And by the end of it, man, he's rolling. So I'm, I'm cool with that. Those third down conversions too, man. I'm just telling you, I, there were so many times. And and at the end of the first half, I'm just gonna be honest, guys. I was like, dang, this sucks. Justin Fields is out playing Jordan Love. This yeah. sucks. As a quarterback, he was. And then of course the second half hit. But again, third downs when you needed them, that's when Jordan stepped up and played the best. You can work with that, man. That says a lot about him. Um, let's see, Josh Martin. Thank you so much for the super chat. He said we all should go. We we should all do a GoFundMe to get Jacob his own internet. Happy birthday, Eric, and go back, go. I have 100 oh. megabytes. <laughs> I don't know why my that's shut up. Did you, you guys hear that brag? My guys, <laughs> I had 100 megabytes. You know, you talking to over here. Um, now, it's funny because in the chat, everybody's like, why is this thing going late? And and everyone just put it together and said it's Jacob's internet. That's why. So that's just the way. <laughs> What's I hilarious, it's probably been my internet being the problem the whole time, and you've taken the rap completely. <laughs> I love it. Let's see. Cheesehead Murph, go pack, go po- or yeah, go pack, go posse. What's up, Murph? Um, let's see here. Ch-ch-ch, knucklehead Paul in the chat. Uh, there was something, something I had here. Ch-ch-ch, there was something. Where is it at? Where is it at? Where is it at? I really wanted to hit on. It. I think I might have passed it up. Ah, it's gone. Sorry, it's gone, guys. It's a good podcast here. Oh, that's there it is. Um, Cheesehead Murph, what's up, cousin Jacob Clayton? Where's Tim? Tim's in the clink. All right. That's where Tim's at tonight. I'm just going to be honest. He's uh, he's down there. Uh, he went to visit family in Milwaukee, and he is in. All right, hey, 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 hey. That's just the way we talk in the clink. Nah, he he's not. He's he's spending time with family. He was like, Clayton, I can make it on. I'm like, dude, go spend time with family, bro. It ain't a big deal. You kidding me? The chat carries us anyway. So appreciate everybody in there hanging out with us. Let's do this, man. Let's uh, – um, well, let's see. Stephen Smith's got a comment here. I, I, I want I want to be active in the chat tonight, but we do have some topics we'll cover, but we can kind of fly by the seat of our pants if we want to here. Stephen Smith in the chat. He's a member of the YouTube uh, YouTube group, the uh, PTA Posse. He said, got to say a little worried about our running game with Myers man, and their two-headed running game. Hopefully, pray that this is just a feeling and not reality. Um, I think that if Atlanta's going to win this game, it's going to be on the back of their running game. And uh, – if we lose this game, it's probably going to be because um, we allowed pressure up the middle with their defensive line. I mean, with Anyamada and uh, and Grady Jarrett, I mean, there are two solid interior defensive linemen. I imagine that's going to be their nickel defensive linemen. So um, the big thing is going to be it, – it's going to sound like a broken record, but it's a very similar game plan that we had going into Chicago, Jacob. I mean, you're going to want to stop their run, right, force them to beat you with the pass. And, uh, and get the run game going, control the clock, control the turnover differential. One thing I will say, uh, the main reason, the number one reason that the Carolina Panthers gave up that first half lead and ended up losing the game ultimately, they lost the turnover battle three to nothing. But sounds like a broken record, Jacob, but that's got to be the game plan, right? Protect the ball, come out plus two if you can, like LaFleur said, and uh, and just stop their run, right? Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, they've, they've got another, like a third head to the, the, the running back because – Corderell Patterson's Flash Patterson's back in, uh, I believe, playing form. So in addition to that, you got to forget. People just think of them having those, you know, run monsters. But Bijan Robinson, I don't know if you guys have watched. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. And in addition to them kind of overwhelming us on the pat or on the running game, I am a little bit worried about him kind of sneaking out into the, the flats and maybe doing a lot of like open tackle, missed, missed open tackle stuff that I know you guys know we've seen. 
especially by like our safeties and certain linebackers here or there. So it's just like, I really liked what we saw overall out of the defense yesterday, but mm-hmm. it just, this game scares me because they, and plus you got to add to the fact that they've got guys like Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I mean, that's just not fair. It is a little weird. Yeah. And what Jacob's talking about too, with B. John Robinson on this illustration here, we got on the screen, this is their, their 21 po- uh, pony package. Okay. So they run a pistol 21 pony. And if you'll notice the letters, uh, I've got one back uh, labeled as the H right. And then you've got the T I- I'm calling that T B. John Robinson. There was one specific play where they used this alignment right here and they just hammered, um, a quick flat pass to the T to B. John Robinson, and he juked that safety out of his freaking jock, took it in for six. That, those are the type of things you can do with that 21 pony. You know, when we run a 21 pony package, Jacob, uh, you know, it, it's exciting and everything. You guys heard me talk about it all offseason last year, but it's a little bit different when you've got A.J. Dillon as one of the backs. You know, he's not that effective in the passing game. It's just it, it is what it is. B. John Robinson is good enough to be a wide receiver in this league. Uh, the same as Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs in Detroit. Everybody, I mean, I'm telling you, I got hate mail for saying that I like both of those. You never take a running back that early. That's crazy. I'm just telling you, when you can use them and flex them out wide like that, you cause a fit for the defense. And uh, and that's what we've tried to do. We've just tried to force a, a uh, square peg into a round hole with A.J. Dillon in the passing game, you know, unfortunately. So um, Roger in the chat says, love may feel the pass rush versus the Falcons, you know. Let's look at that real quick. Since you bring it up, Roger, um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna trigger. Uh, let's see. Let's let's say we're coming out in 11 personnel, okay? And I want you to look at the PFF uh, grade here. Actually, they don't have Anyamata playing um, in their nickel. Uh, they being PFF, but let me uh, let me show you our 12 personnel here, and just to kind of give you an idea in case he is in the lineup. And I know it's hard for you guys to see. I'm just going to kind of highlight it for you and read it off. If you look at their interior defensive lineman, Anyamata, 89.8, Grady Jarrett, 82.2. Grady Jarrett is one of the most consistent interior linemen in the whole entire National Football League. Now you look at our interior line. Jenkins had a a rough start. I think he'll bounce back. Myers was hot booty at a 44.0. And then John Runyon at a 63.1. Now some people were going, well, that's PFF, Clayton. I don't agree with that. Okay. Well, Brian Bulaga said he was hot booty. Okay. Mark Towser watched the tape. He said he was hot booty. I'm going to go with two former offensive linemen, one of which is in the Packers Hall of Fame and Tausch when he said that Myers was hot booty. So they're going to look to get pressure in Jordan Love's lap. But here's the good thing with this Matt LaFleur offense, uh, Jacob, we're, we're not looking to do a whole lot of drop back passing. We're looking to bootleg. We're looking to run play action, you know, show that stretch. Even if there's no boot attached, you want to get those defensive linemen moving that gap where they're trying to control two gaps. You want to see them pushed out of the way and give those throwing lanes to uh, to Jordan Love. Do you see us using a lot of that Jets motion stuff, like almost ridiculous amount of Jets motion, just to kind of keep them honest? Or That's what's crazy is you didn't see a lot of it last week, did you? No, I was really surprised by that. And, and you could tell that Matt LaFleur's approach was, let's keep that in the pocket, but let's show a multitude of formations, right? And, and you guys heard me read off uh, Ben Fennell's tweet last week or a couple episodes ago rather and that's exactly what he was talking about was all the different formations they showed the u63 every time they break u63 out this week or this year i'm telling you i'm gonna be i'm gonna be like a kid jumping up and down on the sofa because i absolutely love seeing rasheed walker out there at the tackle position and we're in the process of getting an agreement with mike wall the goal is to have mike wall on on a regular basis and if we can sync our schedules up this season then we're going to have him on on a weekly spot. 
And uh, I'm really, really excited about talking to him about this because the question I would have for Mike is, Mike, with that U63 being similar to the U71 with Kevin Barry when you played, is this more – I know with Kevin Barry, it was he was good enough to be a starting offensive line. We need to get him on the field. And my question would be, was this more of a schematic approach, just trying to throw them a different look? Or do you think Rasheed Walker is good enough to be that six? That he's one of those players, like he, he's one of our best eleven. If that's the case, guys, that means we get the left tackle of the future right in house, and that's exciting, dude. Um, so hopefully that uh, kind of uh, responded there, Roger, to your comment. Um, I'm worried about the interior pass rush. Again, I'm going to throw it up one more time for this reason right here. I want you to focus when we go eleven personnel. Look at their edge defenders: Bud Dupree, fifty-one point two, and then the other guy. I can't, I can't say his name, but Ebiketti, I think is what it is, 50.4. Their edges, they don't worry me at all. But that interior defensive line, you got to be careful. And you got Jesse Bates back there at safety, and he he's named – he's got the perfect name because he baits quarterbacks. We're going to talk about one of the two interceptions that he got. He also got a recovered fumble too. But we're going to talk about one of the two interceptions he got off rookie Bryce Young here a little later in the show for sure. Uh, but, Roger, thank you for hanging out with us, buddy. We appreciate the, the comment there. Um, let's see here. Chad Inc. in the house. Well, I'm sorry. Let's go to Eric Sutherland. Let me skip over him. All I care about is three touch, three tuds, no turnovers, and a win. Amen, dude. Get back get back up north as quick as possible for that home opener. I can't wait to see Lambeau this year with those new boards and everything. It's going to be awesome. Um, Chad Inc. says, Wyatt could have a huge year. Um, if he can build on last week, he's going to be a serious problem, especially with Clark next to him. Really excited about our D-line. Gary looks unblockable. Man, Gary, 70% pressure rate. Jacob, how exciting is that, dude? I mean, the whole D-line, dude. Didn't Ryan talk about it? We had, was it like five guys above 15% or something insane? I know it was five guys above 12 for sure. And that we had, I think it was the 36 pressures total. So, I mean, I'm I'm really excited. And I do think that if... I don't know. I don't really know what to think about this game, to be honest. And I'm, I'm, I'm really not sure where to put money on it because right. I've been so busy. Me and Tony didn't get to cut a podcast. We usually will at least on Friday or Saturday and just kind of tell you guys what our over-unders are for prize picks, some underdogs. I know because of the Aaron Jones potential injury and the game time decisions between, you know, is it still Watson and, and uh, Jones and who knows what else is going on with some of these guys that that's really going to sway those lines. But, I just don't feel comfortable in any way because Desmond Ritter and Jordan Love seem like that relatively in the same aspects of their careers. They have a lot of crazy good talent around them, young talent, really secure running back talent, and defenses that are kind of good in certain ways and kind of a liability in certain ways. So you add all that up, the fact that they're playing at home just gives them, just in my opinion, opinion just a little bit of an edge. And just that being said there, I think it was – you have this off the top of your head. The last time the Packers opened up the season, season with two road games, I think it was – I know it's before I thought – I think it was Kenny Clark's rookie year, if I remember watching him in an interview. I think that's what it was. Gotcha. So I, I'm just uh, – I'm nervous, but I'm confident, but I'm also sweating. I don't know, man. It's We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's a little bit of a conundrum for me right now. I understand, man. I understand. And again, this is going to be – it's its a very young season. It's going to be the biggest test so far. You know, the, the, the Falcons are a much, much, much better team than the Chicago Bears. There's no doubt about it. They're, they're coached well. I like their scheme. I like the fact that they lean on the run. I think they ran the ball 52% of the time, so they're definitely a run-heavy team. And, uh, you know – when it come down to playing arguably the worst team in the league with the Carolina Panthers, um, what they did was they protected the football. They came out of plus three, and it, it still was a fairly close game considering it was plus three. But, uh, again, we you can't overlook anybody at this point. You know, the Packers, I'm not letting anybody forget it. We're underdogs, guys. That's the way it is. Uh, 90% of the games we go into this year, we're going to be considered underdogs, and I love it. Let's keep it that way, you know. Can Let's I ask you a random question? Yeah. That made me think about it. So, like, obviously they went and got Bijan who people said he's just, he's a, like a generational talent, but they had Tyler Algier who the year before was some thought was one of the best rookie running backs out there. And then you also saw, like you talked about uh, Jameer getting taken in Detroit when they quote unquote had their guy with, with uh, Montgomery. So in a year where everybody's talking about how running backs are so not valued and how they're not really important to the game anymore. Isn't it kind of interesting that we're talking about up and coming young teams and what's leading them is they're like, they're, they're, uh, running backs but the thing is is the running backs are dual threat they're not just like pound between the tackle guys they're more of like like you said we can split these guys out in the slot or who knows where else i just yeah. think that's fun to see the game kinda yeah and it's funny and take your eye off the ball i don't know if you got to this part yet or not but he talks about that pat Kerwin talks about it that and and that book was written like over 10 years ago and he's right. talking about in the book that people are saying the running back is a dying position and he pointed out that all the great teams that year had great running backs and they were versatile running backs it's funny how it comes full circle. We got Nick the Realtor in the house, man. Appreciate you dropping through. Mike Lane taking a shot. He said, are you hot spotting off your phone? LOL. Uh, pretty typical of the Hudson area. <laughs> um, Nick, I, I don't plan on going to the Saints game. My wife is trying to convince me to go to the Rams game this year, and I'm fighting so we can keep this, po- this uh, post-game show active. She's trying to get me to go to Atlanta. She literally told me five minutes before I went live here, 
let's get in the car and drive to Atlanta tonight and go to the game. And I'm like, girl, we got to do a post-game show. We can't – got to stay consistent with this, man. I, I'm having so much fun. It's the most fun I've had being a Packer fan and following the team, man, just talking right. ball with Jacob and Tim and, and everybody that's a part of the posse, man. It's just – it's awesome, absolutely awesome. Um, so, yeah, I don't plan on going to the Saints game. Jacob, you? No, but Justin tried to get me and Tony to do that same thing. <laughs> like you said, dude, I'm having so much fun. I mean, this I, – I, work has been crazy. I was going to say something when uh, the guy – when he said Tim's in the clink, the reason that I've been not been able to leave work for the last three days is because my employee's in the clink. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been opening at like 5, you know, 5.30, working all day, hopping off to get into the pod. Now i got to go back there later. <laughs> But it's all worth it. I get my four hours tomorrow so we can watch the game and do the post game. And like you said, it's going to be good, man. I'm excited. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. I'll tell you this, man. You, uh, Your boy down there in the clink tonight or whatever, whoever he is, he, he might have one of these guys uh, yelling in the back of the cell. Stop playing with him. You stop playing with him. <laughs> I just imagine somebody completely swole back there. You guys sitting there like, man, I'd rather be at work. Man. Old Southern. <laughs> anyway, all right. Let's keep this thing on the rails here. Eric Sutherland's yeah, we're gonna keep it on the rails. And here's Eric Sutherland's uh, yeah. comment. Tim chose his family over us. That hurts. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Let's see here. Perfect Dark says, Why don't Packer fans believe in their team? They say the same thing every week. Um, it's funny you say that because I've heard other fan bases say that we're unrealistic thinking that this team could win one game without Aaron Rodgers. Perfect dark. And then the ones that are sitting here going, hey, look, here's the keys to the game plan. Here's what it's going to take to have a successful season. It's a bit of an uphill battle, but it can be accomplished. I don't think that's being unreasonable, you know, unless I'm misunderstanding you there. Um, so uh, they say the same thing every week. I mean, I can't tell if he's a Packer fan or if he's just watching a Packers stream. I can't remember. It could be. Who, who knows? But anyway, thanks for uh, thanks for chiming in, buddy. We appreciate you. Let's see here. Let's get down to a little bit of – the agenda here, okay? Um, what we got on the schedule, I should say. So, injury report, right? We got the final injury report. A lot of people are talking about this. Let's flash up on the screen. Bakhtiari questionable. Romeo Dobbs, full participation. He's good to go again. Rashawn Gary, limited participation. I think his workload will get increased a bit. That's just my personal opinion. Elton Jenkins, full participation. That was a good one because he was limited the previous two uh, uh, the previous two practices with a knee injury. Anthony Johnson Jr., full participation. Aaron Jones did not participate, and he is questionable. I've heard a lot of people say, well, that means Aaron Jones is out. I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case at all. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he suits up, and then they, they don't even play him unless we fall behind or something. I could see that being a possibility, but yeah. I don't think, I don't think he's necessarily, you know, a guaranteed slam dunk out. Now I think it'll be exactly what LaForce talking about. You wake up in the morning, see how it feels, go out there and test it out and, uh, and see if you can uh, make it go. If you, if you can't, now here's the big thing. I want to mention this. Um, Emmanuel Wilson has not been elevated as of this point right now. So that says a lot about Aaron Jones. That means uh, they did elevate Patrick Taylor and Enos Gaines. So Patrick Taylor's elevated again, which means right now you've got Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, Patrick Taylor. Now, if at the last possible second, Emmanuel Wilson gets elevated to the active roster, that's probably going to be a tip that um, Aaron Jones will not be active, right? So kind of keep – I think that they'll that'll be a last-second decision just to keep the Atlanta Falcons defensive coaches kind of guessing and not being able to game plan around stopping Aaron Jones. Basically, right now they're game planning to stop Aaron Jones as if he's going to play. If Aaron Jones doesn't play, 
then that changes their entire game plan altogether. Right now you might be running between the tackles uh, with A.J. Dillon and, and Patrick Taylor, that type of thing. Um, so Quay Walker, um, limited participation listed as questionable. It's my understanding he is going to play. Um, he is cleared to play, I should say. He's cleared concussion protocol and is cleared to play. Now it's just a matter of him being active. I 100% expect Quay Walker to play. Christian Watson, uh, limited participation. He's questionable. I think there's a great chance Christian Watson is going to play unless he goes out there, test it out tomorrow, and that hammy's tight again. Now, Troy Anderson, you guys have heard us talking about that linebacker for the Falcons and kind of drawing a parallel with Quay Walker being in concussion protocol. Troy Anderson was in concussion protocol. And I think it's important to mention because it's all about trying to understand commonalities and exactly what to expect moving forward, um, not just with the Packers, but across the league. You've seen Troy Anderson did not participate Wednesday, did not participate Thursday, limited Friday. He's out is his status, okay? So he was struggling to come out of the concussion protocol. When you look at Quay Walker, limited participation, limited participation, full partic- or uh, lim- yeah, limited participation all the way across the board, which kind of told you, okay, did not participate Wednesday, then limited, limited, he stepped right out of concussion protocol. So just something to kind of pay attention to as we move forward, because he's not going to be the only concussion this year. Um, But with that being said, uh, like I said, I think Quay Walker is going to play. I think there's a great chance there. I think there's a good chance Christian Watson plays. I think there's a good chance Aaron Jones plays. They may hold him out. We'll see um, how that uh, unfolds there tomorrow morning. But what do you think about all of that information? I think it's pretty good news. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, I think it's great news. At first, when you see that thing pop up, you're like, oh, man. Lord, that's a that's a lot of guys up there. But um, like you talked about, you got to watch that progression. I almost think that what you said is uh, if they come out and they're just boat racing these guys in the first or second quarter, I think they say, Christian, Aaron, take a seat, you know, warm up on the bench, or I guess it'd be Atlanta, cool down on the bench. And then, uh, but in the same situation, if all of a sudden the Falcons are starting to make a game right away, I think maybe, yeah, you pop them in there. Like, I think that Jones maybe turns into more of what we saw at Rashawn Gary, where it's it's third and down, it's third and five. I need Jonesy in there. Where you know, if he's a healthy go, he's in there more of, I would say, almost a two or two down back. Um, and then I think that Shea Lacroix in these comments said Emmanuel's already on the fifty-three. He can't be elevated. Were you talking about Patrick Peter or Patrick Taylor? When you said that. Yeah, no, we're we're not talking about elevated. We're talking about activated. Who's going to be active on game day? So basically what they're saying is, yes, they elevated Patrick Taylor, but last week Emmanuel was on the 53, but he was inactive. You got 45 active spots on game yep. day. So what, what I'm saying is if tomorrow Emmanuel Wilson is activated, then there's a good chance if that information leaks out before the Aaron Jones information, that probably means Aaron Jones is going to be inactive, if that right. makes sense. Hopefully it I explained that right. But, yeah, you're you're right. Emmanuel Wilson is on the 53. It's just he wasn't active on Sunday last week. And I think that decision is going to kind of give people kind of a tip of the hand of whether or not – because I don't think they'll have four running backs active is basically what I'm saying. Um, so they'll probably just stick with three again. And Patrick Taylor being elevated, obviously, he's going to be on the active roster. Um, let's see here. Uh, Perfect Dart did confirm. He said, I'm a Packers fan since 1996. My man. Um, that actually predates me. I became a Packers fan in 03. Um, that's, that's when I was looking for an NFL team. I had never had a favorite NFL team, just kind of rooted for the Steelers. Cause my brother was a big Steelers fan and, uh, stumbled onto this awesome historical franchise and fell in love with it ever since, man, for sure. 
All right, let's move on to the next thing here. Um, this kind of goes hand in hand with it. We'll just jump into this and then we'll end with the money line talk. So, SoPro in the chat, um, he says, I hear Falcon fans saying Ritter has terrible pocket presence. I use the word cheeks. I said I thought he played like cheats last week. And then I looked at the stats and I'm like, how did how did he have such a high completion percentage? Because when I watched him, I watched the tape, he was just uncomfortable the entire time. He didn't throw the ball down the field. It was just, you know, he, you know, kudos to him. He played smart. He protected the football. They came out plus three in the turnover battle and they won the game, right? And that's I think we would all agree. If Jordan Love played like Cheeks tomorrow, if the choice was Jordan could play great and we lose or Jordan can play Cheeks and we win, I'm going with the Cheeks. I want that dub. That's just how I roll. But when they're saying that Ritter has terrible pocket presence, it's so true. And, you know, Jake Shavink, he said it because I couldn't really put my finger on like he looks like he's got happy feet. He doesn't know how to slide within the pocket, although he is a mobile quarterback. But like Jake Shavink said on the pod a couple nights ago, he said he, he keeps dropping his eyes. And I was like, there it is. That's what I seen on tape because it was just constantly the first read button there. He's looking where the trouble is rather than one read, two read, three read, then move. Um, and he's just a young quarterback. And I'm probably going to catch hell for this because, like I said, we're friends with his family. And, uh, hey, if somehow Desmond watches this pod, sorry, bub, you played like cheeks last week. You know, there's been days I've had bad days on the job site, too. It is what it is. So uh, let's do this. Let's talk about one of those uh, – uh, those interceptions on the opposite side, the opposite sideline with Bryce Young, okay? Because, guys, that turnover differential is the reason that Atlanta won that game, okay? So one of the interceptions I picked out, I wanted to try to help people understand why he threw the interception. When I was watching the tape, part of the field looked like it was man coverage, and I thought, okay, that's single high man, and he just stared his receiver down and threw right to Jesse Bates, but when I went back and watched the All-22 and really broke down the technique, what I came across was they were playing quarter-quarter-half zone match, which is basically cover six zone match. Half the field's cover four, half the field's cover two. And, and really, there's a bunch of different notes that come to mind, but I'm going to flash this on the screen. This is the play design, okay? And we're not going to get too, too nerded out here with the play uh, call and all that, you know, as far as the terminology, but I just wanted to point out this was the play call right here, okay, and it's illustration. Jacob, you can see this, right? Yeah, that's good. Okay, great. So they were in their nickel, they being the Falcons, okay? Uh, obviously, Jesse Jesse Bates plays free safety. So you could see they were showing two safeties on the shelf, although the strong safety was probably a little bit closer to the Y, all right? So when the ball was snapped, what you could see is on the far left sideline over the X, they were playing – it looked like press man. And I'm like, that looks like man coverage. Jesse Bates dropped down in the box. So he was playing single high. And, uh, and you know, basically Bryce Young stared a hole through him and threw him the ball. That wasn't the case. So what they were playing was cover six. So if you look on the left side, you've got – notice the two circles at the top of the screen, the top left, Jacob. Yep. The, that's your quarter side. See, they've got a quarter – they've each got a quarter of the field. Now look at the other side. That guy's responsible for half the field, okay? So I guarantee you that the Panthers showed something um, or, you know, either was from last year or a previous coaching regime or some of the coaches, one of the offensive coordinators maybe um, for the Carolina Panthers, maybe he tipped something that when they come out and this doubles on, and this is called a double set, you're a two-by-two two set, it's on because the Y is on the line of scrimmage and he is strong right here. 
I think what they seen was on the slot side of the field, they like to stretch the field, but on the tight end side of the field, they like to work underneath. With these young quarterbacks, what you have going on in the NFL today is they're taught to come out and they pre-snap read the defense and they decide which half of the field they want to work on. Okay, so when they came out and that strong safety was creeping in the box a little bit, right, but he was still back far enough, they're going to work a drive concept, which is the Y with a deep dig, and then you're going to have the Z coming underneath him. So you're going to kind of work a levels play, if you will. Some people will call this drive. Some people will call it levels. I've heard people call it flood, although flood is typically to the sideline, um, you know, away from the middle of the field. In this case, it's to the middle of the field. So when they snap the ball, you can see Bryce Young doesn't even hardly look left. He stares a hole through the right side of the defense. And I want you to look at this, you know, with a cover six zone match, he's throwing to the cover two side. Now, when you want to attack a cover two side, you're wanting to stretch the field vertically. Okay. That's how you typically do it. Notice on the cover two side, they didn't stretch the field vertically. It was totally the opposite. They stretched the field vertically on the cover four side and tried to attack underneath. They were essentially playing right into the teeth of the defense is what they were doing. Okay, so he throws right into the teeth. Now, if you look at it, what you've got essentially with zone match, if you start from left to right, Jacob, the X receiver, that corner is he's he's basically playing mod man on demand. So he's got anything deep that turns in that's quarters, but it turns into man on that guy. The same thing with the corner over the slot. It's a quarters coverage, but it's man coverage. It turns to man once they break a threshold. Both of those players, both those receivers broke that threshold. So that frees up the free safety to slide down into the box. OK, so essentially what you've got is three underneath zones on the right side of the field where you're trying to hammer an underneath levels play. OK, so with doing that, that high low read, I, I don't know what Bryce Young seen, but he threw a pick. He tries to hammer the Y here. The Sam does a great job. That Sam backer does a great job rerouting him, making him take the long way around. It gave Jesse Bates at the free safety position enough time to drive down into the box and pick that pass off. So what you would like to see on that cover two side is them stretch the field vertically. Now, there was an answer to this play. That's the thing, too. There's always an answer to every play. The answer to this play was as soon as Bryce Young dropped back, and here's the thing, too, he doesn't do well like Jordan Love does. Jordan Love moves defenders with his eyes. It's it's phenomenal that he understands. Guys, I remember Tom Brady doing this in the early 2000s, and people were freaking out. Like The way he moves the defenders in zone defense with his eyes was just phenomenal. Jordan Love has that ability. Now, Jordan Love isn't the most accurate passer. That's a negative for me. But, man, his understanding of the offense, his understanding of how to protect the football, very, very early sample size, but it seems like he knows to protect the football and to, to move those defenders with his eyes. What you could do in this play, and you could see it, if you go back and watch it, this was around the 110 mark, one minute, 10 seconds left in the first quarter. You can see that slot receiver beats that corner on that post. But Bryce Young doesn't see him. Bryce Young drops back. He he. I think what he does is he looks over, he sees Jesse Bates on the shelf, and he immediately thinks, I'm going to hammer the this cover four in the middle of the field. And what he didn't realize was it was a cover six. It was quarter, quarter, half. So he comes back, tries to hammer that down. The Sam reroutes the Y, throws it right to Jesse Bates. Huge pick, puts them immediately in the in the red zone, and they're off to the races, they being the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not concerned with Jordan Love and this exact play not being able to recognize. What he would do there in that, in that case, Jacob, is I could see Jordan Love looking right, looking right, baiting the safety underneath, Jesse Bates, and then trying to hammer that post route over the top. That's what I would see him do. So uh, 
again, when you talk about bad quarterback play, I have a lot of confidence that Jordan Love would not throw that pass. That's one of two interceptions. And like I said, they actually uh, recovered a fumble as well. When I watched those two interceptions, Jacob, I came away thinking I'm not that concerned with us winning the turnover differential battle. But um, what triggers in your mind as we talk about that right there? No, man, it's just really cool to to watch that, um, just to see it break down. Because like you said, you start to see if I were to go here, then I go here. Like it's a chess match kind of thing. It's pretty cool. Um, but like you talked about um, – is it uh was Bates in Cincinnati? Is that what I'm thinking right? Yep. Yep. One of the top three agents this year. Yep. I was gonna say, is just real quick off topic. Is there any reason why the Packers didn't make a run at that guy or <laughs> is he just a too big of a price tag? There is one huge reason, Jacob. They picked up a fifth year option on Darnell Savage. I was gonna say, was that the either or? Oh good. Some people would say, well, no, they didn't have a salary cap to sign him. I respectfully disagree. Things could have been a moved around in a blink. These same people that have said that this salary cap has us so hindered. Guys, we have a $40 million cap hit for Aaron Rodgers this year, and he's not even on the roster. Right. So I'm sorry. It's it, When you can field a team with a $40 million cap hit for a quarterback that's not even on your roster, trust me, there was ways to work the, the cap around and get Jesse Bates. But what it tells me with Goody is they took the scattershot approach. They said, all right, Let's secure Darnell Savage. We believe in Darnell Savage. They do, not me. I, I'm not saying I do. I'm not sold yet. But Goody believes in Darnell Savage. And I guarantee you Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry and, and everyone else in that defensive coaching room probably gave the go-ahead and said, yes, yeah, Savage is the guy that we want to play free safety. Okay? Go ahead. Sorry, just to be fair, because that's kind of what we envisioned Savage should have been or could have been, because like you were just talking about, the way a quarterback is going to bait the safeties, the cornerbacks, if, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, it is more of the eyes, the subtleties, but then the way that that safety can kind of return some of that, in which I remember they said that Savage had the ability to kind of uh, intentionally disposition himself as to make a quarterback think, I've got this pass, I've got this throwing lane, but he's so fast and so physically talented that he can then close that gap and cause a lot of turnovers, picks, or whatever you want to call it. So I guess I understand, like you said, if I, I'm not a grader of of talent of by any means. Um, right. So maybe they're just thinking like, God, if we, if Savage really can be that guy, then it's worth right. 8 million versus whatever we probably would have shelled out to. Right. And, and really it was, it was the conservative approach. It was the safe bet because if you don't pick up that fifth year option on Darnell Savage, right. And you don't have him on the roster and then you get in a bidding war with, uh, with another team, one, two, three teams for Jesse Bates or another great safety and you lose him. Now you have nothing. Right. So what they said was, all right, let's lock in Savage. We know he knows the the uh, the scheme. Right. They believe in him. They signed him and then they scatter shot at Jonathan Owens, uh, Tarvarius Moore. Right. All the way across the board. Obviously, you got Rudy Ford back and they said, OK, here's here's the approach we're going to take. I want to see Rudy Ford bounce back. I know a lot of people's eyes are on Darnell Savage and Darnell Savage had a great game last week. I want to see Rudy Ford play better because much like Desmond Ritter, Jacob. Rudy Ford was cheeks, bro. He was cheeks. Left. There's no two ways about it. So um, awesome. So I did. I wanted to cover that. And again, uh, just a, a couple other notes on that specific play where it put them in a horrible spot with the turnover differential and a short field for the Falcons. And again, these are the things where I don't want to be a podcast where we just go, damn it, they need to run the ball more. 
or he needs to protect the football. I want to point out specifics and go, here's, here's a huge play that turned the game in this team's favor. So we can kind of learn and then going into the game, know, okay, here's what they did last week. Doesn't mean they're going to do it this week, but that's what the Packers, that play we just outlined, I guarantee you, Matt LaFleur, Adam Stinovich, all of them across the board, Clement, they they all sat down and watched that tape and go, all right, here's what we're going to do to attack this. If they show us that cover six match, look at this post right here. Or Hark, go with a bunch set and force them into like a man coverage look, a more predominant man coverage look, and attack in a different way. Uh, again, uh, you know, the, the, the slot post was the throw to make there. It was a poor play design by the coaches, in my opinion, if they indeed did watch tape and, and expect a, a cover six match, a zone match. They were only working half the field, which is common for a young quarterback. He came out pre-snap, said, okay, I'm working the right side. He worked right into the teeth of the defense. It was a second and 16 play, and it was too aggressive too early. You're inside your own 20 and a second and 16 play, and you're going to try to pick up a deep dig into a cover two half of the field no, 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 no. I would have been totally cool with a running play there, pick up five or six yards for the defense they're playing because they had two safeties on the shelf, and then play for a third and eight or a third and nine rather than giving the ball away, right? Um, and then, of course, they lost a the turnover battle three to nothing. This was one of the plays that caused that. So hopefully hopefully that all makes sense. And, again, that's just something I was looking. Again, I'm, I'm actually made my fifth pass through the Falcons tape from last week, and those things are just starting to really pop now. Like, holy cow, that's okay. That's why that happened. That's why they because when I watched the game back by the end of the first first half, really the end of the first quarter, halfway through the second quarter, I'm going, How how in the world did Carolina lose this game? And then those turnovers came up. That's why Carolina won that lost that game. There it is right there. So I don't like the, the Eagles Vikings game. Oh, dude, that's wild, isn't it? Because I watched that game, and, and the fact that the Vikings actually came back and made it respectable was just mind-boggling. Like four me. fumbles, Jefferson fumbles it out of the end zone, which, by the way, that rule, I don't even know what to think about that, man. Do you not that's like crazy. it? Do you not like it? I just, let's talk about it. Come on, let's talk about it. Seriously, how do you feel about it? I don't know. You like it? I, I love it. So the offensive wide receiver is stretching, or whoever the offensive player is, stretching for the goal line, if it doesn't, if it does still pass the inside of the pylon and then goes out the back of the end zone, right? Yes. It's right. considered a touchback, and then the opposite team gets the ball back. Is that correct? If you, if you fumble the ball through the end zone, and it can go out on the side of the end zone, but if you if you lose possession before right. you reach the goal line and the ball goes into the end zone and out of the end zone, then the, the possession goes to the other team and it's a touchback. Right. Okay. Me, I'm old school. I'm boring as hell. I love low-scoring games. I love defensive struggle games. I can't stand a 45 to 42 game. They drive me crazy because nine times out of 10, there's stuff that's, uh, you know, there's penalties that are not being called. The offense is getting the majority of the calls and and I, I want the game to be played the way it's supposed to be played. Now, what's the number one priority as an offense? It, it's to score points, right? To score points and protect the football. They didn't do either of those there. He, he lost possession of the football, right? in a crucial time where they were about to score. So when people say, oh, no, they should just spot it at the one and give them the ball back, let's try it over. Let's try again. Get out of my face with that. Dude. Like, yeah, actually, no, I kind of do agree with it. You now, see what I'm saying? And I'm trying to listen. I'm, I'm putting my used car salesman hat on. I'm trying to sell the hell out of you right now, believe me. But that's the way I see it. That's why I have a problem with it. And I really have more of a problem with the people that complain about it. Now, if you disagree, that's fine. But the people that are like, that's not fair, I'm – 
Well, I'll tell you, life ain't fair. You should have held on to the football, bro. That's just the way it is. It's like you said, it's not like if, it, if you fumble at the 50 and it goes past 10 yards past that, you don't – I want to redo. Put it back at the 50. I want to do it again. You're like, no. Right, yeah. Mulligan. Nah, Mulligan. That's just <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you don't pay the power bill, you're sitting in the dark. That's life. Right. They were, I think it was Dave Worley that said, it sounded like life to me. All right? It's just the way it is. The way it is. Zane Strong in the chat says, ready for this win tomorrow. Go, Pat, go. Jay Love, four touchdowns, three passing, one rushing, bro. You you hit me with that. I'm going to – this going to be me all day. <laughs> there, man. All day long. I, I would love to see Jay Love get his first rushing touchdown. That would be really cool, man. And we got to teach him to slide, though. He can slide, but he – you know, like he so, told his agent, I just want to run through somebody, and his agent said, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, not a – not a good, not a good plan moving forward. All right, we're gonna wrap this thing up in just a second. Um, let's do this a rapid fire last segment here for you, Jacob. Let's touch on the money line, okay? Here is the money line according to Vegas. This is uh, you know, I've looked at FanDuel and several others. This came from PFF site. So currently the Packers are still one and a half point underdogs. Let's give them a round of applause. I love being the underdog. Okay, let's look at the cash that's coming in. 62% of the cash is on the Falcons. Now, understand it was at 70% early in the game because the Falcons were catching two points originally. And all this money went on the Falcons plus two, right? And now the line is completely flipped to plus one and a half for the Packers, okay? So you've got 62% of the cash in Atlanta's favor, 38% in Green Bay's favor, and the tickets, only 39% of the tickets are on the Falcons. 61% of the tickets are on the Packers, which tells you that, the big money is on the Falcons. And then late in the game, as Green Bay started catching points, a crap ton of smaller bets came in for yeah. the Packers. Um, so with that being said, this isn't a gambling podcast, but I think the lines do matter. I think that it's important to kind of look at, you know, again, it's an information business. Anytime you've got a podcast about a sports team, you're gathering information. And I think that that gambling information is important information as well. Um I, I would feel real. I don't like to bet on Packers games because I'm emotionally tied to the Packers. So I really X that out. Um, that's one of my golden rules. But I would feel pretty good about plus one and a half with the Packers, Jacob. What do you what do you think about that, man? Yeah, like you said, it's always tough to bet on the Packers because when you lose, man, it is oof, it's a double, <laughs> it's double shot gut move. I, you know, we should get it's not a it's not a gambling podcast at all, but it'd be fun to bring on Tony here just for like five minute segments because he could rattle off a bunch of stuff as to why he feels this or that way, the guy's just a shark. Um, but, you know, I do feel comfortable with that. But uh, I just – I don't know why. I just – I it's a noon game, correct? It's uh, the yep. second time they're on the road. And everything that we've seen leading up to this, again, you look at I, – I didn't really put two and two together when I stop and think and look back at how uh, LaFleur prepared this team, making sure that they went on the road for practices, making sure that they went on the road for preseason games, making sure that their guys were traveling, that they were playing early in the preseason, that they were playing – long through the preseason because he wanted these guys to kind of get battle ready tested knowing that we're going on our two first games on the road and the two first games you know not something that obviously teams that are people are picking to be super bowl contenders or nothing like that but to make that headway knowing that maybe we have an easier front end of the schedule which i would definitely argue we do trying to build up those wins get that confidence in the team i just think that right now the packers are if they win this game and if yeah they do cover uh kind of make wasn't it the second week in a row that the Packers have been underdogs when's the last time that that's I'm sure that hasn't happened in a consistent I don't, know, 
Yeah, I don't know the answer to that question, Jacob, but it, it doesn't happen often, man. It doesn't happen often. Yeah, I couldn't say it the last time. Especially against people uh, or teams of this talent level, I would argue. It's probably very rare. But um, I feel good about it. I'm not telling you guys to go bet the house. Definitely don't do that. But uh, <laughs> I feel <laughs> Don't bet the power uh, the power money either, man. Got to make sure you got that AC going this time of the year. Um, Nick the Realtor said they do they do that to make sure an offensive player, excuse me, can't can't fake fumbles into the end zone. It's another good point. If someone gets stood up at the at the two oh. yard line, oh gosh, and they fumble it out. Now you get it at the one again. Just protect the football. And stop stop complaining about it. That's the way I feel. So, all right, let's wrap this thing up, Jacob. I appreciate you squeezing in time. Guys, I would much rather wrap it up early than just sit here and filibuster. You know, we don't want to waste everyone's time. You got anything else you want to hit on before we wrap this thing up? I just thought there were some interesting real quick prize picks lines, which, again, I think these are going to jump, which is kind of fun when you can – I like doing them Saturday night sometimes. You know, a lot of people would argue, no, I don't like that, but – you don't want to throw Aaron Jones and Watson in, but what you do take is Romeo Dobbs is at 38 and a half receiving yards right now. Reed at 39 and a half Musgrave 32 and a half. And you just pick that higher low. So if you have an inkling that you think that Jones is going to be coming back or something like that, they got Bijan at 55 and a half Algiers at 49 and a half. They only have Dylan at 18 and a half receiving yards. You know, some of these, I always like to think of the game scenario. Let's say Watson's not there. Let's say Jones isn't there. Who's next. That's going to step up. Well, you start reading off these names and you're like, man, I feel like they're going to be way more involved in this game. So that's how I look at it. Just thought that was interesting. And then it looks like AJJ in the stream, he says that or in the comments, he says, if you stream, just use a VPN to change your computer's location to a place showing the Packers game. Do you guys know if I live in the, basically Minneapolis are the, the Vikings won't be, no. So I should get the game. Yeah. I'll get that on the regular Fox. Won't have to do no crazy stuff. Pirate box stuff. Well, I mentioned in there, there's an app called Dofu, D-O-F-U, okay? And if you learn how to work it, it's a uh, it's a phenomenal thing. Now, I'll say this. I've got Sunday Ticket, and if anybody's thinking about getting Sunday Ticket, you should do it. It is freaking sick this year. How much is you it? Got, you got the quad box, and literally you could set the quad box up, customize it to where you can have what four games you want on the same screen at once, and literally – just scroll over and it'll pop the audio on for those. It It is really, really a good uh, – they did a great job with it. And, Jacob, you and I talked about it. I was a little bit hesitant. You were really hesitant. Like, you know, YouTube TV, are they going to be able to handle it? Dude, they have done a phenomenal job with it. It is really, really nice. So um, that's how I'm watching. But, again, ExpressVPN works great too. Um, I'm assuming all that stuff's legal. If anything is illegal that I just mentioned – don't do it. You didn't hear it from here. We said do not do that. Abide by the laws. Okay. That's the way it works. End I'm, up I've not been to jail yet, and that's a family tradition I'm trying to break. Okay. So let's uh let's keep this train rolling. <laughs> Jake, if you got any parting thoughts, buddy. No, man. I'm just excited. I hope that I can <laughs> make it through this weekend and then we'll be good. I'm I'm hoping I'm I'm just I'm I'm confident tomorrow's gonna go well and that we're gonna have a nice Packers uh post game show for you guys. Just grinning from ear to ear talking about how wonderful Jordan love I'm guessing he's going to go have another solid performance, two touchdowns, maybe one rushing. I think that Jones is limited. I think that AJ Dillon has a little bit of a comeback game, but maybe struggles again and people start thinking, and I think that if I think that Dobbs again shows out and that Dobbs is starting to gain some confidence. Yeah. You know, like I said, first and foremost, um, uh, let's see here. 
They have all 22 on the NFL ticket. I didn't know that. Holy cow. I've got NFL um, NFL Plus where you can go back and watch the all 22 later. But I need to look into that. There may be something to that. Man, if there's all 22, I don't care if there's any audio or not. I'd be sitting there watching an all 22 tape. I love it, dude. Absolutely love that view. Um, what were we just saying? You just said something right before I I, I seen that saw squirrel. Just talk, just talking about uh, guys that I think may have good days. Oh, gotcha. That was Jordan Lowe. What I was getting ready to say was what I would like to see. Obviously, the dub is top priority first and foremost, yeah. right? But if you had to say, Clayton, what's something you hope happens statistically? For me, I would like to see Jordan Love be uh, more accurate with the football. I want to see a little more consistency with his delivery. I think last week he was in the 50s, if I remember correct, percentage-wise, yeah. uh, completion percentage. Uh, and, you know, I think a good line as far as, you know, where you want his completion percentage to be, be somewhere around – 65%. 65%. That's what we- that would be perfect for me. 65. Good to go. Aaron Rodgers' career – this is kind of the Mason-Dixon line for me. Aaron Rodgers' career completion percentage, to the best of my knowledge, is 65%. So – the closer that Jordan Love gets to that, who knows, possibly exceeds it. Um, it doesn't mean he's going to be a better quarterback, so everybody calm down if you're thinking that Clayton just said Jordan Love's going to be a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that 65%, the closer he gets to 65%, that's more on par with Aaron Rodgers' career average. So, um, all right, with that, let's get out. Okay, so he was asking. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, yeah, uh, Rich Harris, uh, he said he was asking about the All-22 I do not believe they have all 22. I, I do not. I have not seen that. It's just watch the game live. You get every out-of-market game live, and you can do the quad box and customize it to pick the, the four games. Like, for, in, for instance, if there's two other NFC North games going on, then I would want to watch those or all three possibly if they're going on at the same time. I would want those on there. Or I like to go and look at the standings and go, who's above us right now in the playoff hunt later in the year? Make sure that game's on and just kind of keep, keep tabs on it that way. So. All right, that's it, guys. We're going to get out of here. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us again. A little bit shorter episode. We've been going an hour 20. We're only at the 54-minute mark, but we're ready for this game, dude. we got a noon kickoff. want everybody to get in the bed, get rested up. Kentucky Wildcats are winning right now. Notre Dame absolutely boat race Central Michigan. All is right in the world. And I know some of my Tennessee buddies down here are going to hate this, but Florida's beating Tennessee 26-10 to 10 right now. So i got to go try to flip that juju and uh, get that back in the – in the round, I looked over at that score because Florida's been hot booty here lately, and I seen a uh, Tennessee losing to them, and I thought, "Here I come." Oh, oh, nope, nope. So there you have it. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Thank everybody in the PTA posse. Um, I still haven't heard from Iheasy three four zero, so it's looking like we're probably going to give that autographed uh, Lucas Van Ness jersey away again tomorrow. We'll spin the wheel again and give it to a, a lucky listener that way. I want to get that out. Um, to a to a winner for sure, so we can move on to the John Coon one here in the next couple of weeks. So appreciate everybody hanging out with us, man. Y'all could be anywhere in the world on a Saturday evening, uh, but you're choosing to hang out with us, and we don't take that lightly for sure. And for those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world, and go pack up. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense.
together to see you here, and to see you here, and try to run this place in the alley.